At Cool Air Products, we developed AC Smart Seal Quick Shot with professionals in mind. It's the only product on the market that's three in one, with sealant, lubricant, and UV dye all in a single application. It's non toxic, non flammable, 100% safe to the touch, eco friendly, and compatible with all refrigerants. It's a safe solution option, backed by years of R&D, Intertech tested, and has sealed millions of leaks. AC Smart Seal, the professional's choice. You're gonna hear how my Tesla Smart Probes during this call were complete badass on the job. Because at one point I had to put my Smart Probes on the air handler and then walk over to where the lady's office was and just looking at the Smart Probes app on my phone watching the pressures as I was listening to the sound of the pipe. You'll, you'll hear what I, I mean during the podcast. So these smart probes are all the rage. They're awesome. Check them out if you want to add some tools to your collection. Guys, right now, Navax spring promo or fall promo. Man, we're going into winter. <laughs> Their fall promo is buy a 2CFM, 6CFM, 8CFM, or 12CFM vacuum pump. It's all over their social feeds. And you get a half-inch hose, a 3 8 hose, and a uh, Schrader core removal tool. You get two of two or three two of three of those. So pick a hose, pick two hoses if you want, or pick a hose and the Schrader core removal tool. That is their fall promo. Okay, um, I put out a post this week. Something very important. I just picked up a brand new yellow jacket refrigeration service wrench because I lost my last one. I have no idea where I put it. Yellow jacket makes the best ones, as far as I'm concerned. Do not use. A wrench do not use channel locks on a valve stem because you'll round it out and you'll piss the next guy off let's not see teeth marks in a valve stem and make sure that you loosen the packing before you crack that valve stem and then when you're done tighten it back up okay so yellow jacket makes the best ones if you don't have one you need one and sometimes two is good sometimes a straight one and sometimes the one that's on the angle the knuckle saver ones depending all right the other thing I want to tell you about is Aaron Salo is coming up on the podcast. He is from XOI Technologies talking about their vision platform, the videos that I've shown a couple of times. They're working on a very cool feature for their platform called Dock Push, where you take a picture of a nameplate and it immediately pushes all the manuals and all the information right to your phone within seconds. That is pretty damn cool. No more Googling, no more calling the manufacturer. It happens instantaneously, and they're working on that. But they have other cool features. Listen to that podcast coming out one, two days. It's hard to say because this is a recording, right? Could already be out. Anyway, if you're more, if you're interested in that platform, there's a free demo, 30 days, $500 cash reward. I'll leave the landing page in the podcast summary. So as I'm explaining this call coming up, I do mention the building's five stories tall. But I said during the explanation that it's three stories. I just made a mistake. What I was meaning is that the roof and the air handler are three stories apart. Anyway, guys, I just wanted to clear that up because I listened to the podcast before I played it. And I'm like, damn. Anyway, I just want to make that correction before you guys listen. Enjoy. All right. Quick micro podcast on my call last week at a building downtown Toronto, five-story building, old office building, okay? Cool, cool building, but old. So original call was the pipes are making noise. What pipes? Nobody knew. The The maintenance guy just said the pipes. So like water pipes, 
ductwork, refrigerant, what is it? So go to the office, the office is on the second floor. The refrigerant pipes he shows me, they are exposed in in a lady's office. Now, he's like, there's the sound. It's like, psh, psh, like it's releasing pressure and building pressure and releasing pressure. That's what it sounded like. So I go to the roof and I'm like, what's happening here? I just want to check out the condensing unit and see how it's running. So right away I noticed one condenser fan, the fan blade had popped off the hub and the motor was running. The bearings sounded kind of wonky as well. The, the plastic orifice that York calls it, basically the plastic shroud that goes around um, the fan blade was all busted and broken. So I'm like, we got to fix this first. So I ordered up a new motor because the bearings were kind of going on it. New blade and new hub. Unfortunately, the orifice I could not get because the unit's so old. It's like 30 years plus. Okay, it's a really old R22 condensing unit. So fix that, okay? Last, first of all, I was going to say that last resort for the orifice is building a sheet metal uh shroud around it but the customer does not want us to spend a lot of time on this machine because they're doing the roof hopefully this fall before the snow hits and they're going to be removing a bunch of old condensing units off the roof do the roof and then craning up brand new condensing units to be installed first thing in the spring so this is how it went down Afterwards, The noise was still there. I didn't think the condenser fan had anything to do with the noise, but I had to change it because it was the primary fan and the fan cycling fan. Basically, there's a fan cycle control that kicks in a secondary fan. If the primary one, or it, it's basically for if the pressure's too high in the middle of the summer, there's two fans, but it kicked in because the primary fan wasn't running, even though it wasn't that warm outside. It was probably that day. It was probably between 75 and 80 degrees. And it could have ran off one fan because it, it cycles on pressure. And the pressure wasn't getting too high. It was only getting to about 220, 230 PSI. Okay, so after the, after the fan was replaced, I went down. The noise was still present. So luckily for me, there was service ports right at the air handler. Suction and liquid. So I attached my smart probes, my Gen 2 smart probes and I opened up the smart probes app and I started to take readings now it's weird because the pressure when I was sitting there taking the readings the pressure was not building and dropping building and dropping like it sounded it was doing the day prior and the day prior actually I had my gauges on it and I watched at the condensing unit it go from like 69 down to 58 69 down to 58 and I was I was watching this I'm like yeah something doesn't seem right it seems like that TX valve is opening and closing or it's getting stuck in one position then it's trying to compensate and then when it compensates it's, you know what I mean it just didn't sound right it didn't look right so I had my smart probes on there and I sat in the lady's office with my phone looking at the smart probes app watching it but it didn't do the pressure thing where it was changing so this this problem is kind of intermittent but the sound was still there you could hear it like there was too much pressure in the pipe you know like when a hot gas bypass valve opens up 
and it starts to feed. The more it feeds, the louder it sounds. So this is how it sounded, like it was a valve just overfeeding. So my pressures were, the high side pressure was around 230, around 111 degrees condensing temp. That for me was okay because this is an old piece of equipment. Okay, very old. And when you're talking about old pieces of equipment, going back in the sear, the sear rating, and because it's so old and probably fouled up oil um, in the condenser, that head pressure was fine for me because what we're looking at about a system that old, we're looking at a temperature difference between condensing temp and outside air. We're looking at it about 30 degrees around there for an old unit like that. So I was about 78 degrees outdoor air ambient that day and I was about 111 degrees condensing temp. That's only about 22. I would expect it actually to be a touch higher, to be honest with you. Suction was around 60, I believe. Suction pressure was around 60. And but this is the 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 telltale sign. The subcooling was only 6 in a bit. My superheat was only 3 in a bit. Okay, and because this is a three-story building, the condensing unit's on the roof and the the air handler is down on the second floor. We would expect to see more subcooling because that liquid is dropping and should be stacking up and being subcooled. But it wasn't because the TX valve was stuck open to a certain extent. It was metering but not metering enough refrigerant. The compressor was also sweating. The entire compressor was sweating. Now, how does a compressor sweat? A compressor sweats when the refrigerant going back to the machine is too cold. Essentially, right? The air can't absorb enough heat out of the evaporator. And if it can't absorb enough heat out of the evaporator, that refrigerant is going to be colder than it needs to be going back to the compressor. So, diagnosis was TX valve is open too much and it was stuck. And it was a Sporlin valve, okay, it had a flat cap on the bottom, so there was no stem. I even called Sporlin just to make sure, because you never know. I called them and I gave them the model number of the valve, and they said, no, it's not adjustable. So, I'm, I'm stuck. It was still cooling, it was still cooling uh, the space but it just wasn't running optimally. You know what I mean? And I was still getting some superheat, but the whole compressor was sweating because the gas going back was a bit too cold. Now, it's funny because I spoke to a couple different people about this and I posted the stuff on social media and you might have seen the post and the answers I got in return were maybe it's overcharged, maybe it's undercharged, maybe it's a high pressure issue or a dirty coil, sorry dirty condenser coil okay so the first one we're going to tackle here is low charge so if a system is low on charge you're going to see some high superheat and you should see some low subcooling okay and the person that said low on charge was looking at the subcooling and thinking that because the condensing unit is on the roof and the air handlers downstairs, we should see a lot of, a lot more subcooling. But it can't be low charge if my superheat is at like three or just above three. The, if I add more gas to that, 
I'm going to flood that compressor. Guaranteed. So overcharge. Yes, with the overcharge, you're going to see very low superheat. But you're not going to see low subcooling. Especially when the air handler is three floors below. If we overcharge that machine, that that liquid line is going to stack liquid. It's going to stack liquid. Okay, and stacking liquid is going to increase the subcooling. So, if we overcharge the unit, we're going to see low superheat, but we're going to see high subcooling. Especially when that refrigerant's dropping three floors and stacking up that liquid line. The airflow was good in the machine, by the way. I had tightened up the belt, checked the filters. They were changed like a month and a half prior. They were discolored, but not blocking. They're not restrictive to the air. You know what I mean? In, in, in any, any way, shape, or form. So we had good airflow. Um, one of the other things that was said was a dirty condenser. Well, I'm not sure how a dirty condenser fell into that because my, like I said, my outdoor ambient, my condenser TD with my outdoor ambient and saturation condensing temp fell in line, no problems. Like I said, it was actually even a little bit lower than I thought it would be for a unit that old gummed up probably inside and I'll tell you one thing back in the spring I know it's gummed up with crap because back in the spring early spring we changed um, sorry we didn't change anything we fixed the leak on it the receiver had a, a fitting coming out where the service valve was silver soldered and we fixed that leak and when we were running the system black stuff was going through the sight glass in my gauges so I know there's crap in that system because it's so old. There's been all kinds of work done to it over the last... I, I remember starting with the company that I'm at and we, t we still take care... We still took care of that building back then. And I remember that unit sitting on the roof then and looking old. Back then. It was like 20 years ago. <laughs> so the thing is old. So dirty condenser... No, it can't be a dirty condenser because my head pressure was in line with the ambient 100%. Like I said, it might even have been lower. So really the only thing left with a sweating compressor, with the TX valve opening and closing and making that sound in the suction line, it was intermittent. Like it was, it was getting stuck open and then finally closing. Getting stuck open and finally closing. And the way I seen it, when I finally got my gauges on there down at the evaporator, seeing that 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 very low superheat and the very low subcooling and the sweating compressor and the sound in the suction line like we had too much flow, all those things put together equals to me that the TX valve is sticking open. There's probably crap stuck in the orifice, so when that when that when that pin is pushed down. There's probably crap stuck between the pin and the orifice so it can't get back up into place. That's how I see it in my head. If I want to go the CSI route and think of hologram images in my head and that's that's how I saw it. The pin dropping and coming back up and getting caught on crap and the valve is just it's it's just too wide open. 